Hey everyone, welcome to episode number two of the More to Movement podcast. Today, we're talking about movement patterns, what they are, why they're important, and how they actually may be robbing you of results. And that, of course, can lead to aches, pains, and even injuries. It's going to be a great show. Stick around. Welcome to the More to Movement podcast, where we break down the science behind movement and provide you with tangible takeaways so you can take charge of your health and fitness and achieve lasting results. If you're ready to optimize your efforts, move with purpose, and invest in your health and performance with confidence and vigor, you've come to the right place. Here's your host, Pete Rowletter. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today, I'm going to start with a hands-on demonstration. So if you would, I want you to imagine that you're holding your toothbrush in your hand. And now, start brushing your teeth. Don't think about it. Just do it. Go ahead. Come on. Play along. Play along. Just start brushing your teeth. Now, assuming that you participated and that you did it, what'd you notice? Did you have to focus intently on what you were doing or were you able to kind of coast through it on autopilot? And then further, did you notice that you mimicked the same movements you would do if you actually had your toothbrush in your hand? For most of you, you didn't have to think about it and you probably did the same motions and strokes with your hands and your wrists that you normally do when you brush your teeth. The skill of brushing your teeth is a habit you actually developed over years of repetition and practice. More specifically, it's the outcome of the co-active, coordinated relationship between the nervous and muscular systems. And that's where we have to start when we're going to start defining movement patterns. Let me define movement patterns for you. Movement patterns are a synchronized series of muscle contractions, and they're controlled by the brain and they carry out specific outcomes. Typically, movement patterns are highly coordinated where several muscles contribute to that overall movement. And many of them are primal in nature, meaning that they're innate in us. We don't have to think about them, we just carry them out. A great example is the squat pattern. And yes, I'm sure you got the visual of a barbell loaded on someone's back, but we actually use variations of the squat every day. The most obvious is when we're sitting down in a chair and we're standing up. We learn this pattern as children and we reinforce it over and over again to the point that it becomes second nature. We don't really have to think about it. So like sitting or standing up, most movements become involuntary, meaning they run their course once they're set in motion. Think of brushing your teeth again. Once you actually decide to start brushing your teeth, the rest occurs pretty naturally and with very little conscious thought. Think of this for a minute. Could you imagine having to consciously think of every subtle movement you make every single day? We literally wouldn't be able to function. So this automatic process is actually extremely helpful until something happens behind the scenes and then it's not. Uh, We'll talk more about this in just a bit. But before we can go there, we need to discuss what contributes to movement patterns. Movement patterns are multifaceted and a bit complicated, but for simplicity's sake, there are three primary contributors I want to focus on right now. The nervous system, the muscular system, and motor programs, which are an extension of the nervous system, but they do play a significant role. Now, I have an epic blog post that discusses this foundation of movement in very extensive detail. So if you want to check that out, visit moretomovement.com slash why hyphen movement hyphen matters. 
And I'll also put a link to that post in the show notes page to this episode. But for our discussion today, I'm going to focus on the big picture. Let's start with another visual. Let's think of a computer. So we're going to get a little computer 101 here. Computer is made up of two primary components, hardware and software. The hardware is the physical aspects that make up the machine, like the monitor and the hard drive, for example. These connect via the motherboard. It's also known as the main circuit board. And that allows communication between the essential electrical components of the computer system. Hardware would be useless without software, though. And software, then, is what refers to the programs that enable the hardware to do what they're meant to do. So examples would be like Microsoft Windows or Mac OS, as well as applications like Safari or Microsoft Word. The software gives the commands and instructions, and the hardware carries it out. So this was a very oversimplified example, right? But go with me here. The hardware, such as the monitors and hard drive, represent the physical body. So the muscles, the bones, joints, and ligaments. The motherboard, which is still hardware, it represents the nervous system, as its role is to connect and allow communication between different parts of the body. Motor programs come in now because they represent software and they instruct the hardware or the body in our case to carry out specific functions and more specifically movements. All three work together to carry out the intended movement. So why are movement patterns so important? Movement patterns allow for efficiency and mental energy conservation. The brain organizes movements and employs them when called upon. The nervous system communicates the message and the muscles respond. We can develop new patterns too. And that's what happens anytime we learn something new. Think of anything you learned how to do. Initially, you probably struggled with it, right? You were inconsistent, you probably made a ton of errors, and you probably felt really awkward. However, the more you practiced, you reinforced those neural pathways, and the pattern and sequencing of those movements became easier and easier to do. Think of anything you do now that is natural in a way, like walking or standing or writing your name or even pouring a cup of coffee. Point here is that these patterns get reinforced the more we practice them, and the more we practice them, the more habitual and automatic they become. Remember how I said earlier that this was great for the body until something happens and then it's not? It's time to revisit that. And in my typical form, it's time for another visual. I want you to imagine walking somewhere when suddenly you notice a rock in your shoe and it's pressing on the inside of your heel. It's uncomfortable, but you don't have time to take your shoe off and dump it out. So what do you do? Well, if you're like most people, you slightly twist your foot and you walk on the outside of your foot, which obviously decreases the discomfort you feel when you're stepping directly down onto that rock. Now, imagine you never remove that rock. Over time, this new way of walking would become your new normal, and you wouldn't notice that you were walking different. Here's why this is so important. The more a motor program is used, the more refined it becomes and the more natural it feels. However, if a movement is performed incorrectly or with poor form and quality, then that poor quality movement pattern becomes ingrained in the program. It will become natural in a sense, and we will lose the awareness that that movement is faulty. Of course, an injury can come from this condition, but in most cases, it's caused by 
factors that just disrupt our movement system. Those factors can be our daily movement habits, poor muscle engagement, or anything that contributes to just poor communication and response within the neuromuscular system. When this happens, it can cause muscles and soft tissue to overcompensate, forcing the body to make up for those imbalances within the body. These imbalances and overcompensations decrease movement quality and they actually rob the body of potential, whether that's in strength or speed or functionality or even development. And further, since the body is in balance, aches and pains and discomforts become more likely and often lead to those injuries we were talking about earlier. I talk about this because this is the state that most of us are actually in. We're unaware that these seemingly small imbalances and compensations are actually causing more substantial movement quality discrepancies. Without our knowledge, we have adjusted, contorted, and overloaded our movements, and our body compensates. A great example is lower back problems. Many of us struggle with lower back problems, but many of you might be surprised to hear that those back problems may actually have nothing to do with your back. It very well could be the position of your feet while you're walking, the angle of your hips while you're standing, or maybe we just sit too much. Or what about upper neck and shoulder pain? Of course, we want to blame our chronic stress and our jobs for sure. That's contributing. But could it also be due to maybe overactive anterior chain tissue that's chronically pulling the shoulders forward? Yeah, absolutely. My students and clients know my favorite word, my favorite word in this field, efficiency. It's all about efficiency. You can take any exercise and I'm going to ask you the question, are you getting the most out of that exercise? Are you optimizing your movements? Then I'll follow up with the question of, is there something hindering your pattern that's taken away from your potential development or your goals? My purpose here is not to give you workouts. Instead, I'm here to provide you with insight to make a workout work for you by improving your movement quality. If you watch people move long enough, or as long as I have, you'll realize that movement dysfunction is an epidemic. The beauty in this is that understanding movement and how to actually correct that dysfunction to improve movement quality solves or at least drastically improves many of the physical problems, setbacks, or obstacles that we're facing. A major component of this podcast will be dedicated to solutions and strategies to improve movement. So be on the lookout for those in my future episodes. All right. So what are the tangible takeaways from today's episode? The first one is similar to my last episode, but the best thing you can start doing right now is evaluate your movement habits. So this is a repeat, but it's worth repeating. What habits do you have that you're not aware of? Do you stand on one leg more than the other? Do you slouch in your chair? Once you identify some of these potential poor movement habits, write them down or put them in your notes app so we can revisit them after you've started implementing some of these corrective strategies that I'm going to talk about here in future episodes. Number two is determine your balances and imbalances or compensations in movement, specifically in movement patterns you want to improve in or that you want to train. One way to learn a movement or address a movement pattern discrepancy is to move very slowly through the range of motion and stop at certain intervals to gain awareness of your body in that position. 
Let me give you an example. Let's take the squat pattern. If you want some feedback on your squat, descend and ascend slowly while pausing at different positions. Make note of any of those positions that cause discomfort or if you notice your body starting to compensate, like you're starting to bend over more or you're leaning onto one leg more than the other, those are all signs of compensation. And this is the first step into making big improvements in your movement quality. All right, to summarize today's show, let me review a few points. First, that habitual movement patterns lead to permanent poor movement patterns, which will throw the body into imbalance and overcompensation, which of course will lead to reduced movement quality, lead to discomfort, and even possibly injury. And the second is that if you take the time to understand your movement, you can effectively implement strategies to improve and correct those discrepancies, which will be a major focus of future episodes. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to today's episode and spending some more time with me. If you have questions or comments about movement patterns, please feel free to reach out to me by visiting my website, moretomovement.com, where my email and my social media handles are available. Please don't hesitate to reach out. On the next episode, we're going to continue this principles of movement series here by diving into some of the variables that can affect our movement and results. And I'll start by shaking up your image of the human body, particularly how all muscles are globally connected and how manipulating tissue on one end of the body can actually cause improvements on the other end almost instantly. So I hope that kind of piqued your interest a little bit and I look forward to chatting with you next time. Thanks again, guys. And remember wherever you are, keep moving. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of More to Movement with your host, Pete Rowletter. If you enjoyed the show, please visit moretomovement.com where you can find this episode's show notes along with more episodes and articles to empower you on your journey. 